And we are coming down in three, two, one. Cordial Drunk. I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by Mark. We're a waveable safe. <laughs> the mask is Massey. And the Red of Red Baron. Who's yeah. also a frozen. Uh... Yes, welcome to welcome to getting spots with drunk. And uh Yeah. I'd like to get us a, a voiceover for like the introduction of the show. Where it's getting, and then it's the Comcast commercial sports, <laughs> and then with, and then like drunk in like an Irish or Scottish accent. I like that. Could be the, like could be the Scotch turf guy. Do they getting still just sport? make regular iPods? No. They discontinued oh. them last year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they, I think they, yeah, I'm pretty sure they discontinued the iPod itself too. Well, I, I was on Facebook Marketplace and someone's selling an iPod Nano 7th generation for $120, and I feel like that's too expensive. Yeah, but is it jailbroke? I don't know if that matters. <laughs> I don't think you jailbreak Nanos, Kendall. <laughs> yeah, but I want to put, like, Tetris on it. I think the first thing to go was the video iPod because th- they had the phone and the, the touch. Then I think it was, like, the shuffle... Then the touch, and then just the, the iPod itself. Uh, you can also jailbreak uh, a Nano, by the way. I kind of just really want a Blackberry. Oh, Kendall cannot dis- cannot jailbreak a Nano. Kendall I can't. Certainly cannot. I don't even know <laughs> that I could. Massey sent us a really dark picture. <laughs> yeah. You asked for it. I enjoyed it. All right. Um, what do uh, what do I want? Blackberry. Kyle, can you get your Blackberry? Oh. What do people got for bevs? Water. I actually have, uh, due to uh, Paul's fiance cleaning our fridge today, there was a leftover. Oh, snappy! Nice. Oh, that was from back in October or whenever? Yeah. I just want to fix this right here. I believe that was NFL Week 5. Yeah, it was, no, it couldn't have been 5. It was, whatever, it was whatever week the Dolphins, screw, the, the refs screwed the Bears out of a victory to the Dolphins. It, it was the Giants' bye week last year. It was when I decided to have everyone over to watch football, and the Giants were not on. <laughs> I think the Steelers... It tends to happen during the bye weeks. That's kind of the right way to do it, though, because then no one's breaking your balls about your team losing. Well, you know what? It did kind of work out because, you know, like, you're kind of running around doing things. And, like, if the Giants were on, then I wouldn't have been. But it was week nine. (laughs) Week nine. Yeah. Did the Steelers also have a bye that week? I don't remember. No, I believe we watched some of the Steelers game. Did we? Probably. 
Now, for all I get made fun of being in a bathtub, I'm pretty sure that Kyle's in his neighbor's bathtub right now. I just can't talk loud. I tell you what, that would be hilarious if Kyle was in his neighbor's bathtub. <laughs> Honey, do you hear something? Oh, just it's that kid again. It's just the neighborhood Kyle. <laughs> just give him a monster energy drink and he'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Kyle, the Steelers also had a bye week nine last year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm continuing oh, with my haul from back east. I have the little scoop from the Ice Cream Man series. Gross. And I'm going to pour it in a glass. Uh, I am having one last, the one last beer from the uh, uh, Revere Brewing, the uh, Tricera Hops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Toast of Excellence. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my Toast of Excellence is to uh, Liam Hendricks. Uh, closer for the Chicago White Sox, who was reinstated this morning onto the White Sox roster after being diagnosed back in December with stage four uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, going through chemotherapy, um, receiving you know his final round of chemotherapy on opening day, and you know making it all the way back up to to the majors and. Pretty pretty tight span, pretty tight spot or tight span with uh being cancer free. And um, I think he'll uh, he'll get his uh season debut tonight, even though it will more than likely not be a safe situation since they're already down four nothing in the first. Um, but it's just it's you know it's not the first time when athletes come back, but you know stage four cancer that's a pretty pretty big thing to come back from, especially that fast. And I also I toast the toast of excellence. Because uh, Liam Hendricks and his wife at the Mayo Clinic where he was receiving his treatments and such, um, the day of his last treatment when he was, or the day of his last appointment when he was deemed cancer-free, him and his wife bought all of the wigs from the Mayo Clinic uh, wig shop and donated them all back for people who can't afford the expensive real wigs from the shop. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I tell you, the the turnaround time is pretty incredible. Yeah, December tw- December twenty or December twelfth, I think, is when he was diagnosed. So December twelfth. And, and I wonder, I mean, I wonder if that's just like just a factor of like his how his body, or like if there if he was able to do some type of like I I, I don't know if like experimental is the right, but like some other type of treatment, like because that that is incredible. Probably about a few months. Yeah, well, you I know, mean, Australians are built different. I think he's from Australia. He is. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I always confuse Australia and New Zealand. Not like the places I know where they are and the difference, but I always <laughs> the uh, the down unders and the Kiwis. The down unders. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I also have a toast of disexcellence. All right. I'll, say, I'll let somebody else go first, just in case somebody else has it. Uh, my toast of excellence is to Nick Nurse. Being hired as the Sixers head coach. We're going to be a six-round exit again. <laughs> um, mine is to uh, Cubs pitcher uh, Marcus Stroman, who also was a Met fairly recently, but he has strung together some 
three pretty good starts. Um, he went six versus Philadelphia, uh, eight versus the Mets, and a complete game versus the Rays as of today, the 29th. Um, only giving up eight hits in that span, three in runs, and striking out uh, 15. Just a, a good run. A guy that actually I was really sad to see leave in New York, and I think it was kind of on bad terms. So he had his revenge game versus the Mets earlier this week. And, uh, yeah, good for him. All right. Uh, mine goes to uh, the Mets' Peter Alonso. Uh, yesterday, uh, he was interviewed. Uh, he hits the first pitch uh, and knocked it out of the park because he really had to go to the bathroom to take a shit. <laughs> I saw that. Nice. Uh, I I have a, a sip of silence. All right. Yeah. Well, we have uh, to do that. All right. Go ahead, Tills. Well, because we haven't cracked him yet. You're right. You're right. You're right. Kyle already did his, so I'll do my toast of disexcellence then. Go for it. All right. So my toast of disexcellence is to the uh, already, you know, constantly berated Houston Astros organization. Um, Welcome. I just the only reason I say it is because like normally like I don't really care about the whole like social media thing or whatever, but um, with uh teams you know doing stuff, but this came across my feed. It was a uh, coverage of the uh, Astros versus the Athletics. It was the top of the ninth. The Houston Astros were already up nine to one. Jordan Alvarez hits a freaking shot to center field and um, put them up to double digits in the game. And the Houston Astros, like, official Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff posted uh, top of the ninth, 10, 10 runs in front of tens of fans. Which, like, there's humorous behind it, but, like, this guy, Chris Rose, commented on it. He was like, he just said, he's like, he goes, hearing this from, like, a regular sports broadcaster or a meme account is fine, but hearing it from a team run account he's like is not he goes it's classless from you know to go after a fan base that's hurting and about to lose their team yeah come back yeah i mean like and like the thing is like like i get it like you know you know if the athletics fan bases you know showed up to more games and stuff maybe it'd be different but like at the same time it's like you know you don't i don't know i just i think it, i i agree with it being unnecessary the Astros were that team not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right, cracking. All right, Mark. So I don't know if you guys uh, saw this over the weekend, but a uh, sip of silence. Yesterday was seven years since we lost Harambe. Oh, man. Oh, my night's ruined. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, we, we think about him every time we play Luff. Dicks out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. Kyle named a tree <laughs> after Harambe, and I think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> makes makes no sense at all, but I think about it all the time. <laughs> I saw this thing one time, this meme 
uh, like two weeks ago or something like that. And it was a, like a group of like people like at a college or something like that. And it was like, it was fake, but it was, they were like, it must've been because they knew the anniversary was coming up, but it was like sharing like a uh, unique things that happened to you as a child. And then, um, the, so like the, the curator of the event is like a professor. So one of the kids stands up and goes, I actually had a pretty unique thing when I was X amount of years old. I actually, um, I was visiting my aunt in Cincinnati and I actually fell on a gorilla and, and before he could finish it, the teacher <laughs> pulled out a gun and shot the kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that's hilarious. That's just the kind of humor that I like. I tell you, it's one of those things where like when it happened, I was like, what, what is this? Like, it was just so ridiculous, but the memes that it spawned were so good. Oh yeah. An entire culture. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I just read one now, and it was like, you know, I'm not saying, uh, you know, the world went to shit after Harambe died, but it's been a real weird seven years. Yeah, yeah it has. It's the only thing holding it back. Isn't there another super summons we have to do? We can do uh, Yes. There is. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer Jim Brown. Passed away. What day was it? Uh, it was someday last week. I don't. Uh, actually, I think it was Friday. Friday. I think it was Friday, and I only know it because I was with Paul. Secret hangout. Secret hangout. Secret yeah. hangout. Super silence for Jim Brown. All right. It was just past week. I I just remember what day. And no, I. No, sp- it wasn't Friday. It wasn't Paul. What day did we go to love? <laughs> First Tuesday. We went Friday, but yeah, it happened earlier on the week. And it was Tuesday. Do you want to know how I found out? Rebecca says to me, Did you hear that the owner of the Browns died? (laughs) And I told her that that man died a long time ago. Could you care to tell me who did die? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kendall, you ready for your shot trivia? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So this is as of 2014, because I found this. I, I don't know what happened, but I like accidentally like clicked an ad while I was looking for like looking up a recipe. And I clicked this like thing or whatever, and it took me to this article about Campbell's soup. And I read <laughs> You're it. Talking about making a roux? No, no, no. I know how to make a roux. I'm not Kendall. Um so Kendall, as of 2014, so there, you know how there's different types of soup? Yes. From there's there's like condensed soup, which is the traditional one, but then there's like Chunky soups, home styles, things like that. Yes. Chowders. Are we naming soups? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, no. So, like, you know how Campbell's does, like, chunky soup? Yes. Dak Prescott's mom. (laughs) So, the traditional, just red and white, smaller can of soup is the condensed soup. Right. As of 2014, how many different types of condensed soup did Campbell's make in production for retail? Okay. I'll give you a plus minus of eight. Hmm. Jesus. I can't wait to be so off on this because I just am such a dope. Um, I'm going to go with the, right out of the gate. The number that jumped out to me was 78. All right. You are That's incorrect. So many. You are, in, you are incorrect. The correct answer was 92. Damn. That's so many. 
Well, so here's the thing. The reason I thought this was an interesting one to do is because you think of the traditional ones, right? Like you think of like tomato, chicken noodle, you know, cream of mushroom. But like, do you know how many cream of Campbell's makes? Oh, there's like all That's these. What I mean, there's got to be so 92 of them. Well, so, exactly. There's so like there's cream of mushroom soup, but then there's also you know cream of chicken and mushroom. All of these slight variants. Low sodium cream of mushroom, twenty five percent less fat cream of mushroom. Those all count. That's true. Oh, all right, so Massey, you have to make an adjustment on uh, my tally, but Paul, I have your question right here. All right. All right. Uh, the film Jaws uh, from 1975. Uh, I'll give you plus or minus one million. What uh, was what was the approximate total budget for that film? For Jaws. For Jaws. Um. Well, see, it's funny. I took a film class, and I know that it cost them like a little under ten million to make it, but I don't know if that was what their budget was. I feel like it was such a big deal when it came out that they went over budget, but I feel like they wouldn't have gone too much over budget because, like, monster movies weren't really like all the craze yet. Like in the forties and fifties, they kind of were, like with. Godzilla and the blob and the thing and all that stuff. And then they kind of calmed down. And then like, you know, in the nineties and two thousands, you got like back into it with like tremors and all that stuff. Um, I'm going to say 6 million. Ooh. I mean, you were kind of like on the money with the, the thought process. Um, they call it $9 million. Oh, so what 9 million was the budget was, yeah. Like what they're, what they're, Estimated now. Uh, this is on nothing that reputable. I'm just pulling this off of Wikipedia, so it's like, like if we went to like actual reputable. like you know about like Jaws and just like a better, they may have a better breakdown. But according to the good folks uh, that can edit Wikipedia, that's what they had of that. Gotcha. So I'll be doing a shot, and then Paul, whenever you are, I'm doing, I'm doing it. Right. Oh, that's what he got. Uh, Kentucky Owl, uh, Takumi. Paul, did you did you bank all? You are you using all your bank shots. Man? Well, uh, after after Paul cool. mentioned, we can get rid of the banking. That, that we just do. Well, so the banking, like the thing was, is like the banking just didn't make sense because, like, the way Kendall described it, if I if I misunderstood it, I misunderstood it. Probably how but, it was explained. Yeah. So the the way Kendall explained it to me was. If you get the shot, if you get the, the question wrong, you have to do a shot. If you get it right, you can just delay taking the shot. So it's like, so I'm like if I get 30 straight questions right, I have 30 shots I still have to take. Well, that was that was yes. kind of like my thought process, like the punishment, like, ah, your streak is over. You did so well. And now you're faced with 30 shots. <laughs> yeah. He wants all of us to pee in but, your living room. But, no, but look, obviously you can't, like, if you strung together 10 questions in a row, correct. I'm not. I was never expecting you to like. Okay, hey, you got to do ten shots in a show. I mean, I was just more thinking that like, hey, maybe like you like. All right, I'm gonna bail out of this beer or whatever, and I'll I'll sip uh, something else to kind of. But we can just get rid of that. It was just an idea. We can just do. We'll just do show for show. Kendall, I just think that you don't like Mike Mock. 
Whoa, whoa, that's not true. That's what I got from today. Whoa, okay. Now, now we're getting off on a tangent here. I am drinking from the Riddler collection, of course, uh, the Bacardi uh, 10-year extra rare gold rum, something or other. And uh, it's notable that I don't really like rum, so this is going to be kind of whatever. Cheers. I mean, that's not like a fair assessment. Just because you don't like rum means it's whatever. Well, I just mean I, I'm I'm going in with a slightly so by, predetermined so notion. Nature, so by that nature, Kyle and Mike Mock can say that Bourbon County is just kind of a shit beer. No, no, no. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm well, saying. They, they don't like stouts, so they could just kind of be a well, whatever. I, mean, I, I I wouldn't. I, I appreciate what it is, but I wouldn't say that. What's what I'm saying? Like you, like but Kendall's saying because he doesn't like rum, it's going to be garbage. What I'm saying is that. Of the rums I've had, higher quality, less quality, whatever. Lady blah. I just have not really enjoyed them. So going with a a predetermined notion that I I feel like I am not going to like that. Yeah, Lady blah is not fun. But here we go. I'm pretty pretty sure Lady Blah's tagline is, so good you'll shit yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to get there. So good you'll do it twice. <laughs> Lady Bly, the rum's so nice you'll shit yourself twice. And then all the other booze in the world's tagline is Will make Kendall pee himself. Bingo. Yeah. I don't think I get drink it. Yes, I could. There it is. Hey Kendall, hey, you guys want you guys want to see me ruin Kendall like a week of Kendall's life? How much this isn't real? All right, Kendall, I have a challenge for you that has to be completed before fantasy football drafts starts. Okay. Hey, I just started tomorrow if we wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you know, it needs to be at least a week because you need seven days. So, Kendall, you get one off day and six days of activity, okay? All right. So, you have to drink over the course of a day 200 ounces of Miller High Life. Okay. But but each day has to be a different receptacle. So like one day you have to drink 200 ounces in ponies. Wow. Another day you got to do it in like 12 ounce cans. Another day you got to do it in tall boys. That is a lot of ponies. It's just a lot of beer. I mean, we're talking it's 1200 ounces of beer. I mean, 1200 ounces, that's that's what a thousand beers? A thousand 12 ounce beers? Is that right? No. Uh, 100. 100. 112 ounces. Sorry. 100. Because 12 times 10. Yeah. So you need to drink 2,000 ounces of beer a day. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got an update. I got an email the other day saying, hey, renew your fantasy football league. I was like, we've got time for this. Hey, do you guys think we should do like a five-man dynasty league? I'm down. I'd rather just have the conversation every year about it. But like, you know, if we just do it, just us, uneven amount of teams, <laughs> <laughs> just drafting rookies every year. I think the thing, I think the move though is, is we don't do, we, we don't, we do uneven amount of teams, but we just do it where like every week one person has a buy. Yeah. So it's just, just four teams and head to head matchups and then a buy. <laughs> You just get a bye week every four weeks, or every five weeks, or one person gets all the buys. 
Yes, please. <laughs> or even, even, better, even better, you just take all four buys in a row. So it's like, all right, I drafted my team. I don't play till week five. <laughs> That'd be a real bummer. Imagine like that happening, and then like week four, a guy goes down for the season. Be like, oh, cool. <laughs> Hitting that waiver wire. I got the goon on in the background. And uh, I'm always such a fan of the closing hockey scene where, like, the the guy, Ross Ray, is just in the locker room. Like, they're, like, playing the national anthem, and they're in the locker rooms, like, getting amped up for the game. And he's, he's just bare-knuckling a brick wall with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> it's always good to me. Um, all right. Did you ever get a song lyric stuck in your head for no reason? Just, like, yep. one, one, one line? Every day. Yeah. I, I don't I, where I'm the, at right now. For the past seven months, at least once a day, I verbally go, her name was Lola, <laughs> and that's it. And so, so, for the past seven months, at least once a day. So my cousin um, is dating this new lady, and her name is Betty Jo. Wow. And uh, I can't get the, the line out of the uh, As Good As I Once Was by Toby Keith. Yeah. I know he says my name is, I think he says Bobby Joe. And my twin sister Betty or Betty Lou. Yeah. yeah, yes. It's been stuck in my head for like four hours now. I couldn't I even talk to this lady because I was so concerned I was going to say the wrong name. <laughs> I said, "Dave, <laughs> I'm good as I once was." I work with a woman named Eileen, and I have to constantly not or tell myself not to keep singing. Come on, Eileen. It's a sick song. You know his name, but you know her name, her brother Ben. Talking about Ben Dover? Yeah. I knew where he was going. <laughs> Every single morning, Kendall wakes up and audibly goes, cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> huh. Hey, Paul, you know what I just learned about this Pokemon game? Which one? Uh, Violet. What? If you hit the wrong button, it'll let you use an item that has no effect on a Pokemon. Yep. Like, and you lose a turn. Yep. Kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> um, all right, so we were originally going to do a connect the dot style game tonight, but uh, this weekend just got away from me, and I, I didn't want to like just do it off of the cusp because it, the chance of it either being one mm-hmm. impossible or two just way too easy. I wanted to make sure there was some fluidity to it, so we'll save it for another night. Instead, what I wanted to kind of do was kind of do this like a. Uh, just very brief, maybe like 30 minutes, 45 minutes type of thing. I know Kendall has a couple oddball non-sports stuff he wants to talk about. Um, but just like a, a go around the room, pick a sport, and give me like one of your bigger like uh, rules that you uh, like wish would be changed type of thing. Or like, so like I'm going to go first. It can be anything. It can be like you wish that, you know, like uh, – I wish that they could re- replay or like review everything in the NFL. And then we can kind of just do like a discussion of like how they can go about it, but like try to like think outside the box if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, I'm not the first person to ever think of this, but it's not the you don't hear it talked about a lot. There's a lot of inconsistencies and uh, griping around the, the league and the MLB every year about 
some of the uh, umpires' egregious, you know, strike zones and the the human error in calling balls and strikes and et cetera. And there's been a lot of talk about automated umps type things. They're already using them in some minor league systems. So I had a, an interesting thought process to it where the MLB is obviously always going to want to uh, decrease the strikeout rate and increase the balls in play because it just creates a better pace of play and it creates a more interesting play dynamic of the game. I think that would be fair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way I think about it is instead of maybe going to the automated umpire, which, you know, because here's the thing. The automated umpire, sure, if we can do balls and strikes, we can do balls and strikes. But the two big things I see being a problem with automated umpires is, one, you're, you know, it's technology. So there's going to be days where the system doesn't work. And the that Russians means... are going to hack it. <laughs> well, like, not even like hacking, but just like the system just crashes. And so like now, even if it's just one inning of a game, now we have to result back to human judgment for balls and strikes. And like, I mean, how can you even do that? Like, how could you even play? Let's just say, like, imagine it crashes at the bottom of the eighth and you have to have an umpire now come in and use his strike zone for the ninth inning in a one nothing game or something. You know, yeah. so that that's a big problem. And then two, with the computer thing, even though it is pretty split second, I think that the uh, I think catchers will become very, very, very uh, quickly adaptable at learning how to frame pitches for strikes that aren't strikes because it'll be based on where the ball is, not not based off of an umpire going, yeah, no, that wasn't there. <laughs> I I do think there's a tried and true method that they could just bring into the MLB. And we already all know what it is. No punting? Always go for it on fourth? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm saying to go off what you're saying. What? They just need a plastic white chair, put it behind the plate. Bingo. Done so, deal. So the the way I look at it is, I think, I'm not the first person to bring this up, but I think an interesting way to approach doing it would be, all sports are all about analytics now, right? Everybody's overanalyzing every single aspect of every single sporting event that happens around the world, regardless of it's peewee football or Major League Baseball, right? Do an analytics of where the most swings and misses are occurring over the course of the last three, four seasons. And we make a new strike zone. Hmm. Adjust the shape of the strike zone. I think it'd be, I think, I think it could, you know, I think it could be a very interesting way to kind of approach the swings and misses and putting the balls in play you know, it, by altering the strike zone instead of just continuing to use the same type of thing. You know what I mean? Because the game adapts. Pitchers now are not throwing like pitchers were in the, the 50s. So the strikes, having the same strike zone over all the years could, you know, I mean, I know it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's part of the game, but we've thrown away so many other things across all sports that are quote-unquote traditional. I mean, the the, the elimination of the, of the, uh, pitcher hitting in the NL is one of the, the biggest ones ever. So I think that could be an interesting way to approach it. I will open up the table to thoughts now, but only positive ones that reflect my creativity. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I like the idea. The only thing is like, 
the way that I'm thinking of it, wouldn't wouldn't that almost give like certain batters advantages? Well, like what, when you when you say change like what what do you mean? So like what what does that mean? So and like I mean what, like so what, the the idea of the strike zone is that it's you know it's it's the width of home plate knees to letters. Yeah, but that are so that already gives certain hitters advantages. I mean, you you look at a player like like Jose Altuve. A pitcher's got to be way more precise than when he's pitching to Aaron Judge. You know what I mean? Like, okay. like I'm saying, just like the first pitch, like you know, like how how it's not how common is it that a, a batter just takes the first pitch regardless of what it is. You know what I mean? Like they just they take the first pitch on their first at bat against them. They're just trying to feel out the, the pitch or whatever. But like for Aaron Judge, it's a much bigger strike zone to work with than Altuve. So you know, and we we but. So you would you would have to use analytics. I don't have an exact shape in mind because this would be way above what I have the ability to do. I don't, especially because I don't watch enough baseball. I mean, if anybody in the group were to do it, it would be Kyle. But like, use analytics to kind of discuss, like, look at like what are the most strikes that are take that are always taken. What are the most pitches out of the zones that out of the zone that are swung at? You know, not just case by case but like just literally across the entire league and just like look at it and just kind of like reshape the strike zone in a certain way so whether and it doesn't necessarily have to be change it from a rectangle to a trapezoid it could be that we shift it from you know like middle of the shin to like above the belt or we extend it down and up or we extend it like outside of home plate and make it wider and more square shaped type of thing. That just but then, wouldn't you have the same thing? All right, so on, real quick, listen to this. That's gonna be a little ludicrous, but bear with me. Going with what Paul says, we use analytics, and you know it changes from player to player. It's just it's computerized, whatever. There's like a projection that is set up and it goes changes from player to player. They just know the dimensions. Hey, this is what the strike zone would be. And that, so the pitcher, wherever the ball is hitting and falls within the, these quote lasers being projected from wherever, then there's no questions. If it falls in the strike zone, fall, it doesn't fall in the strike zone and it's ever changing. So there's now the human element is sort of gone. And like the, the umpire's like, okay, Hey, I saw that it broke through, you know, this quadrant or whatever, kind of like a real life thing that, like ESPN and all these sports networks show us on TV, if that actually so existed. So you're just saying where it's broken, it's a strike handle? What I'm saying is that for each person, like Paul is saying, like chest, you know, the you know jersey name is down to the chins, whatever, plate length, that is adjusts from player to player. They have, okay, hey, we know that this person is X amount of tall, this, this is about wide. Here's a, a laser projection of their strike zone. And that way, there's no question like, oh, the pitcher threw it, it hit, you know, this corner, it's a strike, so on and so right. forth. So, do you want my opinion on this? Yes, obviously. Okay. Well, hold on. So, let me let me let me just answer Mock's question first. Mock, yes, okay. I, I I I totally see what you're saying. Like, yes, there is like a certain level of like carryover that would just be the same. But like that's like you you do like from the analytics standpoint, like what you're trying to do would be eliminate the unnecessary swings and misses that you know, um, you know, result in like the strikeouts and stuff kind of thing. And then it would just be like more, more or less, it would just be like a different way to kind of 
approach the approach the 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 automatic umpire type of thing taking out because like i think the human element is important i just think that i think it could be like a different way to approach it other than i'm not saying it's necessarily going to work or that it it's it's foolproof i just think it would be an interesting way to like sit down like like have like the you know the the higher ups at the mlb the you know the the analytics guys and stuff like a different way to approach the situation I mean, I guess it's just the way I, I'm understanding. To me, like, what is it really going to change? Because, like, if if even if it's a different shape or size, like Altuve versus Judge, it's still the same. Like, well, a no, pitcher still has to be. But it doesn't more... have. But it doesn't have to be knees to letters anymore. It could be just a set thing. It could just like like your like your chair idea. Think about it. If you, you if we go with your chair idea, every single pitch to Altuve is right at the belt buckle. Yeah, and not well, the oh, judge. well. That that was a that was a joke, no, but, but I mean, but, but that's you know, but I mean, that's essentially what the if you if you go look at the actual analytics of like what's going on with automatic umpires, that's what automatic umpires are. It's a set strike zone that's X amount of feet above the plate, X amount of feet wide, and that's where it is, regardless of who's batting. So it doesn't matter if it's Judge or Altuve. The strike zone's the same size and in the same space. So judge will not, you know what I mean? So like like a ball at judges, you know, let's just say like his bottom rib, bottom of his rib cage is going to be a high ball for him, but one at Altuve's neck would be in this would be in the same spot. Because that's like the automatic umpire type of thing. It's yeah. it's a thing because it's a computer. It, it, it's a set, you know, type of thing. It doesn't. It, it's not going to adjust player to player. All like maybe down the line at some point it will, but as of right now, the one that they're using does not. Because I think the thing with like, I think really the long and the short of it, like the automatic, like I don't think the MLB wants to eliminate the human component to the game. I think what they want is they want to decrease the the strikeout percentages and increase the balls put in play. Even if it doesn't result in any more base running average per game, a ground out is more exciting than a strikeout to the average fan, the average fan. Yeah. So by maybe altering the strike zone in that type of situation would be like kind of like like maybe they maybe they extend the strike zone up. So like those like high fastballs that pit that batters are fishing for, you know, it's more, it's more worth it to swing at them and type of thing. Or you, you, you alter it to the point where like you, you narrow the strike zone because pitchers are getting better. So maybe you narrow the strike zone a little bit. So it's, it, I mean like there'll, there'll always be problems of course, but I just thought it would be like an interesting way to kind of approach doing it and making it a little more interesting than just doing the, cause like I said, I'm, I'm looking at the robotic umpire from the standpoint of wanting to reduce swings and misses and put more balls in play, not yeah. eliminating the human element. The human element is always going to result in, and, and, you know, the edge edges of things being called and like whatever, but so Kyle, go ahead. So if we're trying to eliminate swings and misses, just get rid of the outside strike and the high strike. 
Could you elaborate? That's it. Like, no more outside pitches in the corners. No more strikes called above the letters. And the only strikes you get are down and in. Hmm. You're going to see a lot more offense that way. Because right now, everybody's can't hit the high pitch because of their fucking uppercuts. And nobody wants to swing outside because they can't hit a home run that way. Hmm. So, I also saw a different... Or, uh, does anyone have anything else they want to chime in on this specific thing? No, I, I just had a, one more just question for Kyle. So you're just talking about just like readjusting the way they call balls and strikes. They're just, okay, we're eliminating that. You're eliminating the outside corner and eliminating any pitch above the letters. Okay. So it's like that, that those are all now, that, that's just a ball. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to generate more offense that way. So here, here was like another kind of like thought I had into the same component. If you want to, now this kind of goes against what the MLB is doing in terms of shortening games. But if you want to create, what you call it, if you want to create um, more quote unquote, like, I don't know if it's offense would be the right term, but like, if you want to create more excitement and more investment type of thing, um, or you want to decrease the, uh, the strikeout percentage, Somebody, I saw somebody wrote an article too. Um, reduce uh, foul strikes from two to one. Hmm. So if, if you if you foul with no strikes, you get a strike. But after that, fouls are just fouls; they're no longer strikes. So then it forces the pitcher to throw two good pitches. Because and I mean, I think there's I think there could be some sort of merit to that. Because I mean, how many times have you guys watched a game and you watch your guy, you know? you know, foul off two balls and now he's got two strikes and he swings at some garbage in the dirt because he got fooled. Yeah. It's Great Turner. pretty frustrating right, but, to watch. Right, but I'm saying, but like, so like if you eliminate that and you make it, we're just, you can only get one strike from a foul ball. Then it forces the pitcher to kind of fool the batter twice. Right. Which in turn could then either create more offense or creates, you know, more interesting pitching. I guess I don't hate that other than I'm just so used to it being what it is as it exists yeah. now. Yeah, but you were yeah, how long did it take you to get over uh the Mets pitchers not batting? Oh, I mean I'll I'll never get over that. But I mean but don't be, a, don't be sarcastic. <laughs> but no, but to, say, Oh, go ahead. How many how many how many Mets games after they got after they implemented the universal DH? How many Mets games were you were like you didn't even notice that the pitcher wasn't batting anymore? I mean y- Ten? No, it was easy. Right, what Kyle saying? It was easy to adapt to. Um, it was just that I liked it. That, that's all I meant. Um, but no, no, I, I, I actually think that what you're kind of suggesting would make sense. Like, I, I could, I could be down with that. In a silent room, love it. Oh, you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> I didn't know if anybody else was going to chime in on the foul thing. I, I I'd be um, for that. Does anybody have any other like type like a like a unique way we could approach a rule in sports? Mm-hmm. Like 
because like we all sit there and think about like weird things like oh how could we fix this and you're like oh what if we did this obscure thing i mean fouls was gonna be mine fouls like in baseball like foul tips one and one count beer league style baby <laughs> well you want to do a different sport <laughs> you can do whatever you want um, good Kyle. So for basketball, instead Make of the ball a square, <laughs> can you imagine? Instead of nothing would ever go in. Hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, instead of overtime in the regular season, you take your worst free throw shooter, you have a free throw shoot off to win the game. You get ten attempts. <laughs> Now, believe it or not, I pitched an idea for overtime basketball today. Did you? Yeah. I said, get rid of five on five, make it ten on ten. That'd be terrible. <laughs> First team to score. Imagine the announcers, and the pitch is clear. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, I don't hate changing the rules. I, th- I don't think you can go that way. I'm just saying just for regular season. No, I know, but I mean... Listen. I'm just trying to be funny. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, I just don't. I don't. I could never see that actually happening. It'd be so great to see Shaq versus Dikembe Mutombo in a free throw shootout to win the game. Well, you know, Kyle, it is funny you mentioned that because it can be like applicable for a lot of things. Like instead of overtime, there's just like shootout style things, like be it field goals in the NFL. Uh, baseball turns into a home run derby. <laughs> I do think, like, say say if Kyle's idea came to fruition, right? I think overnight, guys that are bad free throw shooters are, like, out of the league. Because suddenly, mm. if it's tied, you're, you're, you're the guy, and it's just, you're going to blow it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to pick, you're gonna wanna some... pick up those, like, bums that played the G League who can just shoot but can't do anything else. But they wouldn't be the guys... Going to the stripe. What's your worst guy? Those guys up and not have the bad guys. I'm pretty much agreeing what you're saying. Oh, okay. All right. There are some noticeable, like, Hall of Fame level talents that are notoriously bad at free throws, though. Yeah. You're not going to get rid of those guys overnight. Hey, if it's coming down to, you know, well, you have to and also think, it's not happening every game. It's just that the game would, ends in tied in regulation. Mock, you'd be fired so fast as a basketball GM right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? We're going to trade Shaq for Steph, or for uh, fucking uh, JJ Reddick, because we need the free throws. On games okay. that may go to may yeah. go to overtime. For our one overtime game of year. <laughs> yeah, like another think- one for baseball? If you well, guys don't mind me going twice. I had one for basketball if I if while we're on it. Okay, go ahead. So I have one for football when we get there. I think a lot of people want to create uh, more excitement in the NBA um, because it's become pretty stagnant the way it's played, and a lot of that is because of the three point line. And so there's always there's always one uh, uh, what you call it. There's always two major um, components to that, and it's at a four point line. Which I think would just be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> of course, Steph Curry would be so good at it. 
but it's not even that though. But it's just like it, it would just be it, it would be it dumb. Would be better. It would it would be dumb. It would make it would make the game. It would make records irrelevant. Um, yeah, I'm never a fan of doing stuff like that where you're altering the way the 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 amount of points somebody can score. So like the most common one is to move the three point line back. Which you know move move the three point line back, which is always very difficult because the NBA court has a certain amount of dimensions. So it's like you can extend the arc towards mid court, but you can't extend the the corners unless you make every court bigger, which <laughs> owners aren't going to do because it means they're losing a row of you know hundred thousand dollars seats. If you have like the Lakers, for example, yeah. I think I think what they do, I think the way to approach it is that you kind of do similarly to like what they do in like some of those overseas type of leagues where instead of moving the three point line back, you create a small one point arc inside. And so baskets made from within there would be a point instead of two points, Hmm. which I know kind of goes against what I said about the four point thing, but scoring less is different than scoring more. Um, I think that would be like an interesting way to do it because by doing something like that, then what it does is it totally blows the value of a player like a DeMar DeRozan through the roof because he's so lethal in that two point mid range game. He's not just consistently jacking up threes or dunking the ball. So I think that'd be like a more interesting way to do it type of thing. I agree. Ten we're, on ten. <laughs> well, think about it, like think about it, like you're you're in a, like a, a tight situation, and you know like oh well, a one pointer does us no good here. You gotta you gotta rethink kind of what our, our plan is, or you're you're thinking for the next possession. Like all right, so we score here. If they turn around and they 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 get a three, like okay, then w- what's our plan? Like, that makes it kind of more intriguing for the kind of the s- small ball, if you will. Yeah, well, I think the only, the only real breaks would be different. Well, so. Yes and no. The only real flaw to that is like how far out are you going to put the one point arc? Because you think about it, let, let's say it's, I don't know, six feet from the basket, seven feet from the basket. Uh, on a fast break, LeBron James is jumping from behind that and dunking the ball for two. Because if, you, if you're running at full speed and you jump from behind the three point line, as long as you let go of the ball before your feet touch the ground, it doesn't matter how close you are. If you can, if you can jump from the three point line, to a point where you're just laying the ball up and it goes in, it's three points because it's from where your feet left the ground. That would be insane to watch. It happens oh, all the time. What are you talking about? I watched it happen in Space Jam constantly when I was a kid. <laughs> it happens in the NBA at least once a year. I just somebody, will just like, somebody with like full speed of momentum will take off from behind the arc and get like 10 feet in and just do like a little 15-foot floater and, and it'll be a three. I was just thinking on like a regular basis, like a guy like almost going for a dunk and then he kind of just like shot puts it slowly out of his hand and it just kind of glides into the basket. Uh, all right. Uh, so Kyle, you were up next. So you get four balls, you get a free fastball on the stick. Uh, I didn't hear anything. If you hit a single. Can you hear me now? Yes. So instead of like a uh, four pitch walk, 
Yeah. You get four balls, but you get a fastball <clears throat> right down the middle. Whatever you do with it you, is what happens. Like you say, you pop it up, you pop it up. You hit a double, you hit a double. But you know you're getting a free fastball. So, I mean, I don't hate that, but, like, how do you dispute that the pitcher, like, like you know, if the pitcher elevates it eight inches yeah. and it's Pitching not down machine. the middle? Well, no, like, you could take till it's right down the middle. Pitching machine. That would make the game so long. So have, like, a 45-minute at-bat. Yeah, all right, it's hey. – Four balls. We got to lug out this pitching machine. <laughs> it's brought to you by Sprite. Tell you what, Manfred still wouldn't get uh, canned. Walks would stop happening. I'll tell you what, here, how, about, how about this? An extra innings, an extra innings of baseball. Um, you uh you can like you can go to the bullpen but once the 10th inning starts any player that pitches has to stay in the field so if you want to keep bringing in bullpen arms that's fine but you got to start removing field players oh man hilarious <laughs> i don't like that it's going to make the batting rough well i mean maybe not got all the attrition it's like, all right, Bartolo, we're going to stick you out in right. Yeah. You can stick me out in right. I ain't fucking running. <laughs> Bartolo, we're going to put you behind the plate. Just fucking absorb everything. They <laughs> do miss the pitcher hitting a little bit. Because it was fun to see the pitchers hit a home run. Yeah. You can I... watch that every night with Otani. <laughs> yeah, but like. I mean, there was there that. were a decent amount of guys that like could hit. It's just a lot of them weren't working at it because they they knew all that matter was that hey, I go out and pitch. That's what that's what they pay me for. It was Zach Ranky was such a good hitting pitcher. Well, the thing the, the the real thing that I liked, and it was far and few between, so I totally I totally get abandoning it because it's like it didn't happen enough. But what I liked more was less about the Zach Rankies and the. Uh, uh, Madison Bumper. Madison Bumper. Like, less about those guys and more about the, like, the random, like, AFC, AFC, uh, <laughs> the uh, AL pitcher that would go out and just have a day with the bat. Like, there was a game the, the year before they got rid of it. I believe it was against, I think it was against the Pirates. Reds. 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 Dylan, Cease, Dylan Cease had to start that day and he went three for three with a double. Wow. And two RBIs, and, and yeah, those, are, those are his only, only uh, those are his only three at bats in his major league career. And that guy I never fucking missed courses. a ball. Well, and it's like I know that, like you know, it's like oh, those are his only three because they got rid of it. But like, there's a there's just a real chance that those were his only three for the next four seasons because you don't play you don't play away a NL games a lot in a season. You do now now that they've ruined the schedule. In the MLB, they completely demolished the schedule and made it worthless. But before that, you wouldn't have. You would have played what, Kyle? The the, the White Sox would have played what? Four road series as in the in the NL. Yep. Now they play. Now they play. They play three. They would have played the Cubs and then two from the another division. Yeah. Yeah. Now they play fucking like sixteen because the MLB destroyed the schedule. Yeah. Yeah, the pitchers would be hitting a whole lot if they kept it with the new schedule. 
be a lot of that going on. Yeah. I hate the new schedule. It's it's ruining baseball. It yeah, did this is the first time we played the Braves all year. Really? They they did yeah because they they've ruined the schedule. I mean, you you look at it from the standpoint of like, like look at the fucking like, the Orioles for example. The Orioles are doing really good. They're like what the second best team in baseball right now. The the rebuild is is doing great, but they were so bad for so long that they just lost the ability to have attendance for a while. And they're slowly getting there. You know, they moved their home starts on weekdays from 5.30 to 6.30, which has helped because you get the after work and the, you know, school kids and stuff like that in. But the, the problem with, like, the Orioles now is, like, they're relevant and they're good, but you took away five games, you, you know, you, you took away 20 games against the Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays. All are relevant teams, all are good teams, all – you know, our rival teams and you took away 10 home games out of that. And now, now instead it's like, you know, Oh, it, it's, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the, the Orioles are home and they're, Oh, they're hosting the blue Jays. We should go see that. It's like, Oh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Who are the Orioles playing? Oh, they're home and they're facing the diamondbacks. Yeah. Let's just go to the bar and watch that. Yeah. It's, they're just, they're ruining it. It's like, ugh. I know. All for the sake of revenue and TV ratings. Drives me nuts. Are you supposed to be surprised by that? No, but I mean, it was like, it was one of those like sacred things in baseball, like how important your division was and how important, you know, winning games in your conference was. It's like, now it's just like, all right, it's like, I'm just waiting for them. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to take on teams from, you know, other countries just for the, the hell of it. It'll count towards our window. It'll be, we'll, have, we'll have friendlies. One of the struggles of having Apollo and no cable. Look at your phone. There's just so many fucking people watching this game right now that the TNT stream on Apollo is just a brutal mess. Oh, yeah. That's another good thing we should talk about. Nah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it until next week. I get it. I just like, like I don't want to talk about it as it's going on. I want to talk about it when it's just done. Okay. Because the thing is, is it's going to completely change the dynamic of how the conversation goes. That's sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And record next Monday. They'll be what? Monday will be the <laughs> third game of the series. They'll play Thursday. Yeah, game one's Thursday of the final, so it'll be Thursday, Saturday. And then Monday would be game three. So, yeah, that's fine. I'd rather talk about it mon- next Monday, Kyle. Right. Next week's a big show. Next week is a big show. Sorry. Next um, week, our 300th recording of Kendall people that he came up with this podcast. Aww. We're going to see. We might actually get Kyle to hang out with us. Are going to do this right now? <laughs> hey, we got Massey to do it today. See you guys in three months. <laughs> No, it's not, yeah, don't I don't see you guys in three months. It's talk to you in three months. We're trying, and Kendall was trying to be really mean to him today, too, for no reason. Yeah. Man, just dropping salt on my name. What is that? It's uh, got a salty name. Nah, it's just, By the way, uh, you guys helped me determine that I'm doing a franchise with the Arizona Cardinals. All right. I thought well, it was yeah. related. Fantasy draft. <laughs> Thought it was uh, fantasy draft is running right now. It's on round thirty-five. 
I got really excited when Mox sent that. I'm like, ooh, what are these numbers going to be for? What are we doing on the show later? <laughs> and then it was just for him. <laughs> Selfish prick. Yeah. And then, I what, and, uh, I've been giving Mock a good laugh. Doing uh, our, our most recent like uh, two-person outings of disc golf have created some pretty good slogans for me out of just frustration and conversation. <laughs> Like a couple weeks ago, I just I threw a shot and it skipped really aggressively, and I was like, "Well, that skipped like a dick," and it caught him <laughs> off guard. <laughs> made me laugh. And then, oh man, this team is terrible. And then the other day, we were talking about something, and I, I made the I used the phrase, you know, that's that's not that's not their pig to fuck. <laughs> that one made me laugh pretty oh good. Oh my god, who's on that team, Mark? Now I'm interested. Actually, defense is pretty stacked. Yeah, he um, as he drafts. Offense, quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Backup, Brian Hoyer. Good squad. Running back, Isaiah Crowell and Ty Montgomery. Uh, Wide receiver one, Devin Funches. Wide receiver two, Anquan Bolden, but this is 2018. Wide receiver three, Corey Davis. You ever hear, you ever like physically hear someone like redraft the new team? (laughs) The defense is pretty good. Yeah, but you don't play as them. Yeah, that's true. But I'd be good with that team. Massey, what's uh, what's your NFL one? Um, I suppose it could apply everywhere, but um, a lot of, uh, I mean, the NFL is the most prevalent one because I feel like it takes the most time. Um, NBA is one that comes to mind too, but anytime there's, there's challenges or like questionable calls or anything like that. I just want there to be like a sky judge or somebody back in New York that is able to watch that like right away. You have somebody dedicated to the thing. They watch it on multiple replays and they say, yep, you fucked up. This is actually supposed to be the call and we move on with our lives. Yeah, just like a quick snap decision. Yes. I I don't know if you guys remember this. And we should, because it was just last season. But in the Giants-Vikings playoff game, they kept talking about like, like the automatic review. Or whatever they were calling it. And it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. And then, like, the rest of the playoffs, I didn't hear another word about it. And I, I was, like, me and a guy at work were talking, and I was like, where, where has that been all year? Because it was awesome. They would have something happen, and then there was like, oh, you know, the, the whatever review booth said this is what, and it was great. Yeah, and, and that's and exactly what it should I would be, be on board for that. Well, it's like, it always makes me laugh when you hear in the when you hear the NFL go like, "Oh, that's not reviewable." Like, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean it's not reviewable? You're not allowed to tell us. You we we can watch it back and play it. Yeah, here's the thing. This is my this is my true honesty when it comes to the the NFL versus other sports. Is like in the NBA, you'll see certain things like uh, contact. You know. Offensive fouls, things like that. Like, yeah, they're judgment calls type of thing because they're kind of by the book, but like not really. Um, you know, and there's some that have just like slid over the years, like carries and things like that. Yeah, look, I'm not asking for for those. I'm asking no, 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 for no. the. I'm, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But the thing with the NFL is is it's such a watch sport, and it's such a judged sport. I mean, you look at the. I mean, you look at the amount of officials on a on an NFL field that have the ability to call a foul. 
or a penalty or whatever. And the only way I think that they could ever really make an NFL game fair and real is everything has to be reviewable. And I know they could never do that because it would just drag the game out forever, forever and ever. Forever, but, ever? forever, ever. But like the NFL, it really, the, the only way that the NFL would really ever like you, they, they need to just make everything reviewable. Everything just needs to be reviewable. I think what you do is, is like you do it kind of like how the, so like the way the minor league is uh, working on, we talked about the automatic umping. Um, basically the way it works is coaches get, uh, managers get unlimited challenges if they keep getting them right, they get two wrongs at once they've reached their set. Once like once they've lost their second challenge, they can no longer challenge anything, but as long as they keep getting it right, they can challenge forever. And like, that's gotta be something like the way the NFL has got to kind of look into it or something like that, because it's the only way to really like, there's just, it's, it's really ridiculous how many games a season there are in the most watched and most like the largest monetary sport in the country and how many games there are, not even just a season, a week where just a, a non-reviewable play on a very questionable call completely changed the outcome of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to assign somebody to say, you're watching this game. You're in charge of calls. You are reviewing every call as they come to you. We're going to give you every single angle to watch it. You have 45 seconds to make a quick call and you can take a time out if you need to. Maybe not even 45 seconds. You probably need 30. You'd be like, nope, that's in. Or nope, that's out. Or no, that's not holding. It's not that hard to do because everybody at home can look at it and be like, yeah, that wasn't a foul. Or yes, that was a foul in 30 seconds. I think Kyle would Everybody agree. Else? Well, I was. I think Kyle would agree. The, the NFL can't do it the same way the NHL could never do it, or the MLB for that matter. It's really only applicable to the NBA. But like the, I think the, I think Kyle would agree. The best thing the NBA ever did for challenging plays is it, it's most prevalent when considering the three point shot. But if a player had a foot on the line or not, they just count it as a two. And it doesn't matter if a dead ball takes nine minutes to happen. They'll just go back and review it and change the score. Yeah. That that was one of the – because before it would just be if the ref said it was a two, it was a two. Even if it's clear as day on camera that his foot was behind the line. Now what they'll do is like – and I watched it happen once where it was like two minutes into the third quarter. And then with like 30 seconds to go because there had just been no dead balls – they went back, reviewed it, and then the score went from being like 83 to 80 to 83 to 81, and it was a two-point game. Do, and do like they that, have to like let them know? Yeah, they, they announced it on the floor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right. So like when the dead ball happens, the refs will go over to the table and they'll go, We're reviewing the the you know the the two-point field goal from you know number blah 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 and review of it being a three-point field goal. They'll look at it and then they'll go. The ruling on the court is overturned. It was a three-point shot. Please adjust the score to this. Gotcha. And, and like, that's one of the best things. One of the best things the NBA ever did. So, the the way I think about it with football too is like, keep the two challenges. Just make everything challengeable. If you that's use them, you, like, the way, take a TV way. timeout. Do you want to do those? That you know, they want to do four thousand of them a game anyway. Like, just let it go. I totally agree. It's the way, like I said, the way the minor league system is running the automated umpiring is that way because balls and strikes 
are called by a robot and everything else is all uh that's like another thing that they're doing is like everything in the MLB now and that or not in the MLB but in that minor league division I forget which one it is it's all challengeable and you can challenge as many things as you want but once you lose two challenges you're done and you can't challenge anything else single way but if you want to challenge 20 things in one inning and you get them all right you can keep challenging stuff man that would be a long game I, I think, too, that there's – I think that there's a big – I shouldn't say majority of people, but I do think there's a big group of, people, like, fans of the – that if, say, everything was challengeable, people would complain more than they do now because, um, you know, it would cost your team – it would probably end up costing your team more than it would help. Like, you know, if it's late in a game, a guy gets away with a holding that we're – like – People would complain more than they do now. Well, they never overturned it when they made it thing, so. Passing what? appearance. One yeah, more time, I, mean, I think that's the whole thing is, like, like I think there are certain things that, like, again, and I, like I said, you know, part of the thing with the NFL is like the only way to really, truly make it good is you have to make everything yeah. challengeable. There's some stuff that, like, I think you'd have to, like, negate. Like, not being, like, I don't. I don't think a coach should be allowed to challenge that a ref didn't call offensive holding. Like that's different. Like just from the standpoint of like it's one of those things that it happens every play. Like offensive holding happens on every single play in one form or another, and it's the same thing. This one thing it called right. It's the same thing with defensive holding. Every single play, every single passing play, there's a defensive back that's holding a wide receiver. Even if it's for a fraction of a second, it happens on every play. But like you said, Mass, the egregious ones are the ones that get called. Hey, and I have a question for when you're done. Sorry. Yeah, but like, like, but I think that like pass interference not being called should be challengeable because it's it's quote unquote more altering. I mean, I think it should be challengeable, but I also still think that there should be this guy judge that says, yeah, that was fucking pass interference, so make that coach waste his challenge. You guys didn't call it. It was the end. So, like, I agree with that, but then, like, at that point, like, I think you have to still put some pressure on the coaches to to decide whether or not it's worth challenging. Yeah, I mean, for the ones that the sky judge doesn't catch, because they're human. They're going to miss stuff. That's what the challengers are still there for. Like, get it hey, wrong. I think I saw something like that. You guys didn't say anything about it. Go back and look. The coaches get it wrong. They get blasted with paintballs. <laughs> I'd, want ball flip. I'd want that job. Look, I know the best way to get rid of to, to fix the, the 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 fucking pass interference calls. What's that? Just let him. Just let him play. <laughs> You stand by the rule of what pass interference is and in, in terms of route running and pursuit of the ball. Because, like, you know, like, uh, there's a difference between, like, holding and pass interference and et cetera and yeah. whatever, stuff like that. Once, once the receiver and the defensive back are in the air and there's no contact with the ground, anything goes. Once, once you both leave your feet and it's just an arms battle, whatever happens, happens. there's no pass interference at that point. I'm fine with that. Because if the receiver is leaving his feet to catch the ball, the defensive back is essentially helpless at that point. 
There's nothing he can do until the receiver touches the ball. Right. And so when they go up, just fucking whatever, whatever happens at that point happens. And again, you can call like from a, from an interference standpoint. So like if, if Hopkins goes up to catch a pass and the ball's not there yet and a defensive back jumps up and they're both like up in the air and he swats his hands to the side, that should be totally legal. I don't think the defensive back should be allowed to like that when they're jumped up in the air, like he shouldn't be able to just wrap his body around them like a cocoon and drag them down to the <laughs> ground kind of thing. That yeah. would be, that would just be at that point considered holding. It would be because like, here's the thing too. It, defense is already, they're, they're already fucked nine ways from Sunday anyway, because anything you, any mistake you make on defense is an automatic reset of downs. Yeah, it's not a bunch. It, it is. It, it's the NFL making offense sexier, and like I understand, offense is what sells in the in the NFL. I totally get it. But other than encroachment, the defense cannot make a mistake without it resulting in fresh downs. And I I always thought like the way that I thought the NFL should always do it is like so for example because what is it? It's uh encroachment. No encroachment and offsides, right? Yeah. Encroachment and offsides are five-yard penalties, but not not a reset of downs, right? Correct. Right. So, like, for example, like, a personal foul, I totally get the double dipping. It's a personal foul. It's it's excessive. But, like, uh, for example, defensive holding. What, it, it, if they hold them, I think that, you know, because you need to entice the defensive players to not hold. So you can't just go, oh, it's just a five-yard penalty, repeat the down. Because then they'll just hold all the time. Like, right. oh, like, I'm about to get burnt, I'm going to grab him. But instead, reset the downs, but the offense shouldn't gain yards because of it. You're already giving, right. them, you're already giving them a fresh four downs to work with. Why do they also get yards out of it? Yeah. Hey, good luck. Congrats. You got 40-plus yards out of that play. Wait, you guys like, explain to me the new rule, by the way. Well, it's, it's, if you look at it, it's like the offense is the boss and the defense is the employees. That's the way I've always looked at it. Is from the, the defensive standpoint, it's like if the defense or the employee, the, the low-level employee makes a mistake, it's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to dock your pay and you're going to work four extra hours today. But for the boss, it's like, oh, I made a mistake? Okay, here, you get to try again. But it's just going to be a tad bit harder this time. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't hit your sales goal as a boss of 300 units? Okay, well, here, start all over, but this time you have to try to sell 350 units. Whereas on the defense, it's like, oh, you didn't sell your 300 units? Well, now I need you to do 400 units, and you have an hour less time to do it. It just makes no sense. I just gave up a safety. <laughs> nice. That's that's just that's always been my gripe in the NFL when it comes to defense. They shouldn't. The offense is constantly given yards and fresh downs. It should be one or the other. It, 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 alter it by penalty by penalty if you have to, but the offense shouldn't. Other than personal fouls, the offense should not be given a fresh set of downs and yards unless the yards accrued from the penalty result in a first down. If it's third and two and the defensive back holds, then yeah, it's now it's first and ten. But if it's third and nine and the defensive back holds, it shouldn't be first down and they get to move up five yards. It's just, to me, it's bullshit. Uh, what rule do you want to explain? Uh, new kickoff rule. 
it's just them furthering it's them furthering wounding the kickoff animal that's already like dying. So, so they adopted they adapted college's rules. So touchbacks um, kickoffs come out to the twenty five. Yeah. Didn't they already have that? No, it was punts. I thought kickoffs came out to the twenty five already. So hold on, let me pull up the rules real quick. My question for that was, and feel free to jump in if I'm just not understanding. Um, the biggest concern in the kickoff is because it's it's the one time that everyone is running full speed at each other. Sorry, sorry, hold on, sorry, Kendall. They call a fair catch. Yes, mock. If they, if they call a fair catch at the ten yard line, it goes right up to the. It doesn't get the ball goes straight to the twenty five. They don't get it where they fair caught it. That's stupid. So if you Alex. if you call for a fair catch at the five yard line, you automatically get the ball at the twenty five. Even if you don't catch it, I mean, if you catch, if you call a fair catch and catch it, that's when. The- yeah, if you call a fair catch and don't catch it, it's a live ball. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. I think that's stupid. It's a football it's, for it's, like ten well, years. Right, and 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 that's the funny Kendall. Not to interrupt you further, but no like problem. that's my favorite thing is the hypocrisy of the NFL and like. As a world, we're so indoctrinated by the product of football that, like, no people don't sit down and see the hypocrisy. What are we doing? Oh, we're we're moving um, touchbacks on kickoffs and punts to the twenty-five yard line. It gives the offense an extra five yards of off a free offense. So let's let's reduce the amount of kickoffs so there's not as many head-on collisions. Okay, understandable. We want to reduce the the proof is there that there's a lot of injuries from kickoff and punt returns. Okay, cool. Now we're going to do the fair catch thing. Okay, so if you fair catch it at the 10-yard line, you still get the 25 yards. You don't just get it at the 10. We want to eliminate the, more of the head-on collisions. We want to reduce that even further. Okay, player and safety. I totally get it. We want, to let, we want our players to be healthy. We want them to be safer. We want them to have longer careers, and we want them to have longer, better lives after they retire. Okay, let's eliminate kickoffs. But... We should also make it so that teams can play two Thursday night games a season. We're going to add a playoff game and a regular season game, and we're going to force teams to travel overseas at least once every three years. Oh, and we still have the ability to flex them uh, to a Thursday night game as long as we do it by Sunday at 5 p.m. So health and player safety is super important, but we're forcing the good teams especially to play two more games a season with the same amount of rest, no extra bye week rest or anything like that. We're also going to force at least one or two of those teams to travel overseas and have shorter distanced weeks with jet lag. And on top of it, we also have the ability because of our contract with prime. Now, if we really like a matchup at one o'clock on Sunday in week 16, as long as it's four 30 on week 14 or week 15, we can flex that game to Thursday and give them a half hour's notice that, Hey, now you have three days to prepare instead of six. Because we want everybody to be healthy. I'm just saying, if they were going to flex a game of Thursday, it should be a game that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> no, that's, it's the complete opposite now. Because of the amount of money that Amazon Prime is paying to have Thursday night football, that th- th- you're going to start seeing way more important matchups on Thursday night football moving forward. And confirmed. And that was part of the whole thing is like the flex thing now is like teams can be flexed into Thursday night positions. That's a new rule. The NFL can flex a team into a Thursday night game. 
makes no fucking sense. But hey, but hey, we don't want the we don't want the kicker accidentally running into an offensive, you know, like a tight end and you know getting someone hurt on a kickoff. Yes, we do. (laughs) All right. Uh, Kendall, I, I interrupted you earlier. Do you have a? Do you remember what it was? Or yeah, no, no. I mean, basically, you you covered actually a lot of what I you know, was going to preface by saying, and what I just wanted to get from you guys. Maybe it's something I'm just not understanding about, just in general. Like maybe just like the the physics. So I understand that it's the, it's like the one time where all the players are kind of like running full speed at one another, and and the, the injuries are that occur. I I get all that. I guess what would be like the change like what what would be different if they could set it up in a way that okay that the defense the the kickoff team rather can't move until the returning player has a ball in his hand would that be really any different or uh, to me it would it would just it would provide like the, the 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 kickoff team would never be able to reach full speed as fast rather than they can move as soon as the ball is kicked you know what i'm saying like just the, the, the speed, despite them being pro athletes, they're not going to be running as fast. Here's here's the way to do the Here's here's the way to eliminate it. You want to reduce the amount of head-on collisions, right? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just posing it as a, what. No, I'm saying the whole point of the kickoff rules are to eliminate the amount of head-on collisions. Right. Right. So, here's what you do. Just, just get rid of it. No, not, no, no, I'm saying if you want to keep it, it's going to look ridiculous no matter how you do it. But the 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 kicking team kicks off from the 35 yard line. They've already eliminated the rule where uh, players other than the kicker are no longer allowed to run up. They have to start from a standstill at the 35 yard line, and they can't leave until the ball's kicked. Right. Right. Yeah. So at the at the 40 yard line is where you put the return team's players. And they all have to run back together. If you run faster than the de- if you run faster than the receiving team, you get to the guy first. You give the other team they get the five yard head start or maybe a ten yard. You put them at the forty five, but it, everyone will get down there around the same time. The only person who's in any sort of danger of getting the head on collision would be a free running, uh, what you call a free running uh, kicking team to if they get through the defense. And to the, the the return guy, and if you do it that way, the kicking team player that has the that is going to be the one that breaks free and makes it through the uh, return team's defensive line. The kick returner is going to see that way sooner, so he'll call for the fair catch more more frequently. Because a lot of times you see these athletic players, they won't call for the fair catch because. You know they can't really judge it yet. You know they'll, they'll if a hole just opens up, they they turn on the jets and they try to get through it. And if they do, cool. If they don't, they don't. But if you do it where they only have a ten yard gap between them, between all the players, you know by the time the players get to the you know other forty five, the kick returner is already going to know that guy's that guy's outrunning that guy. I'm going to get lit up. So just fair catch. Yeah. And I definitely I don't want to turn this into a football conversation because we've talked about like this like thing. Ten times over, the horse has been beat to death, you know, X amount of times. I was just curious to see. It just it seems like something that is like is preventable. Like like there was better ways to do it and and keep it and not like it was just overthought. I guess I I don't know. It was just it seems like something could have been held in place 
and, and, and not entirely change the way they do things and, and lead us to the point that where we are now, I guess, is what I'm getting at. It's it's a combination to me of, of health and player safety combined with wanting to see more offense. More fair catches means more offensive possessions. Am I by myself here? No, that's right. I just I just put a note in and then no one was responding, so <laughs> I was I was waiting yeah. for somebody to say something all of a sudden it was super quiet. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I'm I'm hoping these guys will jump in now. No. Shut the fuck up, Kang. Appreciate it. I got to go to the That's bathroom, right? I, I wanted to be subtle, and then here I am putting it on display. Like, hey, Guys, go, go if, if you listen to this go far feet. on the show, I'm taking a urination break. Kendall, didn't you want to talk about some fox paws, though? Uh, yeah. So, start the conversation. You want some trains? You're not allowed to pee, Kendall. Not when you have a topic to talk about. Well, hold on. I'll, I'll be right back. No, just start um, the conversation. Okay. No, tell us about it, and then we'll discuss while you pee. Okay, I well, the the main thing I wanted to talk about was, and we, we didn't get to it last week was, uh, and Kyle kind of gave me this uh, idea, uh, overrated things in Connecticut and New England, just just in general, things that go on in the area we live that you personally think is kind of overrated. Modern pizza. All right, one what, what, what a time. Go at it. I'll be right back. Mardi Gras. There you go, Kyle. You see Mardi Gras. Yeah. Like the celebration Dude. or the strip club? Okay, first of all, it was a joke. It was a joke. Um I mean Paul said modern pizza. I haven't had it. So I don't know. It, it it's it's one of those things where it's just like it's this cult world of like you know, it's it's either modern pizza, Sally's or Pepe's. And it's like like don't get me wrong, Pepe's in New Haven is really good. And that's part of what makes it overrated is from the standpoint of, like, because Pepe's in New Haven's really good, there's a Pepe's in Waterbury, there's a Pepe's in, Mo- in Foxwoods, there's a Pepe's in Bridgeport. And it's like... They're it's, not the same. Well, it's, it's, well, no, they're not all the same. That's the whole thing. It's, it's, they're not. It's, you know... They it's franchised. Like, right. Well, it's like, it's like, Mock, we talked about it with Tano's. Yeah. The, smoke, the one in Middletown was lights out some of the best smoked barbecue you'll ever have. The one in Meriden might as well have served Alpo dog food. <laughs> it, 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 but like, so like to me, like the the, the New Haven style pizza game is one of those things. I think it's just it, it's overrated from the standpoint of that. Like, it, it's it, it's just not it, it's not those three people. Um, I also would well while on the topic of food, uh, the Long War food truck parade is super over fucking rated as well. Hilarious. Is that the one down in uh, New Haven? It's in uh, yeah. Long Wharf. Is that yeah. the one down in Long Wharf? <laughs> I didn't know that's what that area was called. I'm sorry, Bass. Just being a dick. It was funny. Uh, yeah, they're dick. all the same fucking truck. It's true. Uh, the casinos in New England are overrated. Alright. I have a potential hot take here. Um, The Big E. Overrated. Yeah, that's a real hot take, Kendall. I and I I will give my. It's overrated now. It's well, it used to be good. It's no longer as good as it used to be. The I mean, biggie is fun if you go like once every four years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just feel like we Bahamans, live, in, we live in a place that has a lot of like great fairs locally, and you go to the biggie to just pay more for the things that you can have better at closer to home. 
Mm, I disagree with that statement. I like, like there might there might be things at a, at, a, at like the Durham Fair, like a certain food item that might be better at the Durham Fair than at the Big E, but you also you you also have literally an endless amount of options at the Big E. I don't know. I mean, I just uh, and listen, I haven't been to the Big E in a long time, so like I, I can only go as far as just the the opinion of like I'm, I'm being inconvenienced by the Big E and this that and the other. Um, but like, what what Paul specifically is something like that? Like I I couldn't get fried butter. But I feel like you can get fried butter places. So I mean, like I know, like so, like two years ago when I went to the Big E, I know that they had like a like they, there was like more. I mean, I I didn't get it because I I had already eaten a lot and I just could fried Kool Aid. No, not the <laughs> fried Kool Aid. It was a, it was a it was a double it was a like the smash burger patties like those thinner patties. You know what I'm talking, talking about? about on the donut. No 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 it was between it was between two cheese curds, like large cheese curds. Yeah, that were those were the buns. Find me a fucking fair you can get that at Kendall. Also, Kendall, I don't know where all this hate comes from. You don't even like fairs in general. That's not true. That's not the true. The only thing you like is the turkey leg, which you can fucking get at Big a- Y. I will go to fairs. I mean, I don't have this hatred. I just feel like even even that like what you explained. I think all these places at one point or another have a, a unique item that like they're like, hey, come to the Durham Fair this year, or come to the you know the Bethlehem Fair this year. We have this this burger. I can tell you, it's overrated at the Big E. The What's fucking that? state houses. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it the first time I went there. It's awesome the first time. But guess what changes every year? The state houses, nothing. fucking nothing. nothing. <laughs> I don't think the I don't think the Big E is overrated. I think that it's exactly what it is. It's it's a expo fair. Yeah. It's it's a large scale version of local fairs. It's that's, it's, that's it's what its name is. Oh, of right. course. Well, and I, and I don't. Oh, go ahead, Paul. The, I'm sorry. The Big E is. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Kendall, but if you go uh, place to place. Uh, t- state to state, there's different fair foods that are very unique to the state. So if you go to the Durham Fair, you're not going to find an item that's real big at the Vermont State Fair. But guess where you will find that at the Big E. I'm saying that those state houses. There is a decent chance that, like, hey, at the, we're just we're just throwing the Durham Fair in just because it's you know it's an easy name. I I think there is a chance that year in year out there is something oh we the the Vermont State Fair does this like so we're going to do our take on this or whatever i think there is a chance of that and listen i understand that the big e is the biggest form of what that is I, i'm not a, a dummy i i get it that's it's in the well, name there's a chance but that means that you might have to go to five fairs around connecticut and hopes to find it or if you just go to the big e you're going to get it what i'm the other saying thing too, okay the other thing too is Going to the Big E, like, and, and Mock, Massey, and I, I think you two will attest to this, going to the Big E, it, it's worth going for the whole day. Well, of course, yeah. I, but, but, I, but I didn't suggest to not go for a full day. You get there at 6 a.m. for open parking and you stay till 10. But I'm saying, like, if you go to the Big E, if you get there at 9 in the morning and you stay until dark, there's consistent things to do. There's the fireworks displays. There's the same things you get at the other fairs, like truck pulls and all that shit. There's the farm animals and all that stuff. But at a much larger scale, the shops are way bigger. There's way more activities to do. 
if you go to the Durham fair at nine in the morning and you leave at 10, that means that you're working at the Durham fair. <laughs> I just feel that especially where we live, we have access to a lot of great stuff like that. And it, no, it, it, how so? How so? Connecticut, Connecticut town fairs like are, are they're, they're, they're carnival games compared to other states. Are you kidding me? No, but right, so have you been to a state fair in a rural state. Have you been to a Pennsylvania state fair? I've been to basically the ones the, in Kentucky are pretty nice. Been to the Iowa state fair. I, well, I'm talking about like, like new England in general and like what, what we have access to here. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not the, saying like we, we obviously we, we can't hold a candle to like what real no, but what the Big E is the same caliber level as those big rural town state fairs that we don't have those in Connecticut. The Durham Fair is just a fucking frat party. The 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 what's the what's the fair they have in Meriden every year? The Daffodil Festival? No, no, no. Like the Lions one or something like that. I have no idea. Daffodil Festival is the big one in Meriden. No, the definite. It's the, 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 this one's not at Hubbard Park. It's at like a different place. I know it's in. There's one in Meriden. But anyway, it's not, important. it's not important. But like, the, there's the only one in Connecticut that has any sort of like fair, actual, real fair feel to it is the 4-H fair. That's the only one. I'm saying oh, that God, I don't really like fairs. In Connecticut, like for what you know, there is available, you know, because just like think about Connecticut versus Iowa, it just you know the demographic, you know, it's it's totally it's it's opposite. It's 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 just different. You know, we we contend with you know. What I'm saying, if you go to an Iowa State Fair, you're going to walk down an aisle of tents that are just completely dedicated to other states in the surrounding areas like stuff, which is what you get at the Big E. You do not get that at the Durham Fair. You're not going to go to the Durham Fair and see a food tent about popular fair foods in Vermont and New Hampshire. That's not happening. There's the, the chance, yes, there's a chance it happens. It's like 5%. Well, even if it is 5%, I think that's good. Like, like all these, especially, it's not that they're not trying. Like, they're not going out like, oh, hey, guys, you know, we worked all year. Let's put out a really shitty fair for the town. Like, the, the, these guys are trying. Like, I, I just feel like that just spoken like a real connoisseur media employee. No, well, what the fuck is going on? I lost contact with this fucking argument. All right, well, we'll, we'll wrap up on the the, the Big the E State Fair. The argument is, Kyle, that Kendall is trying to all of a sudden claim he's a big local fair guy. But I'm not. I'm not claiming that whatsoever. Kendall's against Durham. the Big Fair. Once at the Durham Fair, I'm spit on him. What I'm saying is that I think... The Big E perhaps doesn't really provide like that much of bigger exposure that we can't just, you know, have that here. Like, I feel like I, I had the same fair experience there versus, you know, all these other little rinky dink, you know, Connecticut things. My dad and I buy something very expensive there every year. Every year. Like what? And uh, then they don't use it. Oh, we used that fucking outside patio thing a lot. And the dining room table that Josh is trying to finish. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we did the biggie every year. I think the only year we missed was like the COVID year. And uh, I, I know and I, that when we get there, I'm I'm over it pretty quick. 
But again, if you go like every few years, stuff kind of changes a little. At least like yeah. the the vendors exactly. that are there. But it, it's it's a tiring fucking day. It is. It's a long day. I mean, it's got to be something you're committed to, of course. But you could you could commit the day to it. And I agree with you. If it's not an every year thing for local people, like it's an every year thing for you know somebody traveling down from Maine. Because, like, the thing is, like, for us, it's not that far of a trip. Like, we could go to the Big E. How long is the Big E? Is it two weeks or one? I think it's three. Three? three. So, like, but like, realistically, like, we could go to the Big E seven times and for just a couple hours. It's not that far out of our way. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. But, like, I went to the Durham Fair last year for the first time in 14 years, and it was the exact same fair. All the vendors were the same. All the food was the same. All the rides were the same. Everything was the exact same. There was not one thing different about the Durham Fair in over a decade. Not a single thing. Everything about it was absolutely identical to what it was when I was fucking 18 years old. But, you know, Kendall's an avid small fair goer. Super All right, so, so I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about, you know, you know, the fairs as much as you guys want to. I mean, we, we can move on to other things in, in Connecticut, unless you guys want to keep, you know, you're New York, New Year's Eve party. I want, I want to hear Kendall say he's against Big Fair. Listen, I'm against Big Fair. Yeah. Hey, that's right. you know what's overrated? Kyle fall Bull- foliage. Hey, that's fair. I think fall foliage is like, it, that's like a different, it's, it's not worth saying it's overrated just because like, we constantly experience it. What the fuck is that? The color of the leaves. leaves. There's a oh. the guy upset about it. Come on. I think it's just like like we just get annoyed by how amazed people are by it because we see it all the time. Like we're, we we see it for fucking you know a month and a half straight every single year. I feel like that's like a slightly different thing. I feel I'm like just over- mad that the leaves are about to fall. No, Kyle. It's called fall because of autumn. Autumn falls. Get it. I was laughing because before the show, Kyle was like ready to just go in on like the Mystic Aquarium. You know what? You know what's overrated? Fucking Mystic. I mean, it's it's so. I mean, it's tough because it's like it's kind of those things where it's like like Mystic Aquarium. It's the same to me. Mystic Aquarium is kind of like the same concept as like the, the fall foliage. Like Mystic Aquarium is overrated for us. But I don't think anyone's traveling. I'm talking thing. about Mystic the town. But, but like either way, like I don't, th- I don't really think people are traveling from North Carolina to go to Old Mystic Village. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just a Connecticut thing. Like, the, like Old Mystic. I mean, Vill- Ashley's cousin came out from California and said, "Can we go to Mystic?" So I'm going to disagree with you there. Well, she probably looked up things to do in Connecticut, and that was like one yeah. of the core things. Yeah, the, so. they all. But she's also part of a family that shows dogs, and that's weird, man. <laughs> because, like, let's be honest, Lake Compound isn't a great amusement park, but people from out of Connecticut want to go there. Because there's three things to do in Connecticut. Hey, you know what's perfectly rated? Quasi. <laughs> I mean, Quasi, <laughs> park. Quasi is perfectly rated. You can go, it'll be an all right time, and you'll be ready to go. Like whenever you're ready to go, that's the right time to go. <laughs> I mean, Lake Compounds is interesting. Like I do like Lake Compounds, but it just be- maybe I'm like a you know nostalgic asshole, which you you guys know. Like, but I mean, is is Lake Compounds worth the hype? 
Not uh, I haven't been there in like 12 years. Do they still do free Pepsi products all day? I'm pretty sure. Nope. Then no, yeah, they, wait, Kai, you said no? No, they do not. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Positive. Because I'm pretty sure last year when Samantha went, she she said that she got, like, that was, like, one of the things she liked was she got free Pepsi all day. The companies will no longer offer free soda to all park guests. As of when? 2017. (laughs) But wait, they they don't, what was it? They don't offer free soda to what? They don't offer free soda to all park guests. According to news release, like, compounds will only offer free soda to Diamond and Platinum season pass holders. Oh, so the change was, is now, okay, sorry, Kyle, Kyle's right. You can't get free soda, but you buy one cup and you can keep refilling it. Right. Yes, that is still a thing. So you you bought you you pay nine dollars for a thirty two ounce cup and then you get unlimited soda after that. Yes, that if is. You're still going to play pounds. You're spending nine dollars on something stupid anyway. So whatever, it's the same fucking deal. Hey, the one thing I remember about Lake Compounds is there's bees everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. There's there's there were three things that really summed up Lake Compounds: the bees, the free soda, and the pain. Any wooden roller coaster. <laughs> You no, the wildcat was way worse than. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I meant. Wildcat, yeah, but they're all they're all wooden roll. All the wooden roller yeah. coasters are fucking terrible. The, the wildcat, I think, one time gave me like some serious like back pain. I couldn't even play baseball the next day. I still Is have that when you got your from... swollen face. <laughs> we gotta do this right now. Ah. You know, Kyle, I've been trying to figure you know, out a way to say that this entire show. You said it four times. I didn't say swollen face once. Yes, you did. The first time I did not. Got on. Didn't say it I once. I said that, Kyle. Whatever, you guys I, Kyle, I did not say it once. If someone else said it, that's not on me. Yeah, but you're the one that wants to like make it a thing. Here, I'll give, I'll give you guys a real hot take. Overrated, the New England beer scene. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's good, but I, I, I just don't think it's the best beer in the world. Huh. I think that the New England beer scene is extremely overrated. I think that there are just as good of beers all over the place. Um, like, again, I, like I think Treehouse makes good stuff. I don't think it's good enough to wait four hours in line for in the middle of winter to maybe get a can of something. No, absolutely not. I, 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 I think like, like a Trillium stuff, again, I think it's really good. I'm not going to fucking drive to Trillium to get it. You know, I I think even if you go back, just say three or four years, maybe maybe it was, but like now there's just too much in the market now. Like I remember, I I think I I wanted to say I was with you, Paul, but I don't think I was. When we do, we ever go get fuzzy ducks at Nebco? That was me. Was it maybe duck? Maybe I I may have been with the guy from work, but like. I remember standing in line. I was like, man, there's just like other stuff you can get that's, you know, still good. And I don't have to do this. Yeah. You, like you and I did go once because I got Stormtrooper. Yeah. I, was gonna say, I thought we went and picked up one time. Yeah. Cause you got, I think you were getting fuzzy baby duck and I wanted Stormtrooper. But it's it just the, the market got so saturated that you don't have to do things like that anymore. Remember when well, buying a sip of sunshine was like a fucking drug deal? Yep. <laughs> that was the worst. I think the New England beer scene has become extremely overrated. 
uh, going to New York for the New Year's Eve party. That's not New England. I asked Kendall. He said it was. I was. This well, is, he's wrong. Listen, listen. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me explain. It's not New York. Is not quintessentially New England. It is not. However, if you wanted to lump something in that's close enough, I'd I'd give that an okay. So basically, well, what I'm saying to you is this: this is basically what Kendall just said. New York is not technically New England, but well, if because wanna, it says new, but if you want to include something that's not New England in New England, you can include it. No, but look to, to Kyle's point. Like, I mean, if you world is overrated. I'm going That's Disney fine. World. A lot of people from New England go to Florida for the winter. It's basically New England. Okay. I agree. I mean, I think I think Florida's probably more New Englandy than actually New York might be. <laughs> there's just a lot of there's a lot of New England people down there. That's really funny. Well, I'm saying should what I say. Kyle, you just have a vendetta against New Year's Eve. It's so stupid of a fucking holiday. I think you and Kendall should get together and do New Year's at the Big E. I, I don't understand why you hate it so much. I mean, it's just it's a so day. Stupid. Exactly. Exactly my point. But it's just a day. Like, I don't understand. I, like, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I kind of i am in the same camp. Like, why do you hate so much that, like, it's a day and people want to get together and celebrate? It's like St. Patrick's Day. People do just celebrate it to get drunk. That's celebrating a holiday. They're celebrating to get drunk. No, that's, 90% that's, of the that's, people in Connecticut that celebrate St. Patrick's Day are Irish. Th- that's an American thing. That's not the world. Either way, it's a stupid holiday. Oh, we're going to celebrate the next day. But St. Patrick's Day is not a stupid holiday. It is a stupid holiday. <laughs> it's not. It is, it's it's, it's a totally more important holiday than like 90% of the other holidays. It's just the you know, just America just kind of made it its own thing. Yeah. It's like Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo is not a dumb holiday. It's just America put its own twist on it for margaritas and tacos. Well, yeah. Because of that spin, I do have a bias against St. Patrick's Day because you know you guys were uh, you know fortunate not to suffer the plight of having red hair your entire life. So you know, come around March fifteenth, like, oh, you must love St. Patrick's Day. Like, no, I, I it's all right. <laughs> Well, luckily yeah, you don't have your one. red hair anymore. Yeah, but few people remember. <laughs> you want me to tell you what? Watching Bam Adebayo fail to box out Derek White is probably the funniest thing about this game right now. I just, Kyle, I think I, I think you just get too worked up about like New Year's Eve. Like I, I think you get too upset about what like other people are doing. I don't give a shit. But like, but like, I'm just saying. Like, so like, like. If, like, let's just say, like, so the five of us, for example, let's say me, Kendall, Mock, and Massey want to get together and have a New Year's Eve party. Like, hey, can we do that? I'm just saying, like, but like, if we I'll did, go shopping we, for it, <laughs> and you can actually yeah. come to this one, Mock. But like, if we did that, like, like, why, why no, does no, no. why does it have to make you mad that we're like, if you don't want to come, you don't have to come. You know what I mean? Like, can, can we do that? No, we'll make this holiday to be such a good, big fucking deal. We're going to fucking get skinny and then we're not going to do it. But that's not what New Year's Eve is. But that's not what New Year's Eve is, Kyle. That's like your vendetta against people not following through it. Like, New Year's Eve has nothing to do with resolutions. That's New Year's Day. New Year's Eve is just, it's a party to celebrate the end of the year. 
Yeah, why would we need to celebrate that? Why, why do you celebrate over? baseball opening day? Yeah, why do you take baseball opening I day off? Ce- I don't. Kyle, you celebrate baseball opening day. Okay, but I don't take off the day from work for me. It just happens to fall on my birthday every year. I just, I think that your anger towards it is just a, I just think it's, a, it's, it's very. It's something Jeff did. Yeah. Everybody. It's, it's like overly like consuming. I would be so funny. I th- for whatever reason, I thought Kyle was going to say, like, I don't take, you know, opening day off every year. It just happens to fall during a week that I have off every year. <laughs> like, I don't know, Kyle. I just feel like from December 28th to January 2nd, like, you really just let something that has no impact on your life really make you mad. Yeah, I do because it's all but like but you don't celebrate it so who cares I don't know man I think you just I think you're wasting your energy I gotta be old about something no you don't too late Carter decided years you can rotten down there you go Hey, real quick, switch gears. Uh, did you guys uh, do that any? There you go. I, I, what? <laughs> uh, did you guys celebrate any go. Memorial Day, you know, festivities? No. Oh, uh, yeah. Yesterday the had the, the Jankowski party. And then uh, today, my uncle had a little get together. The old. Uh, Jankowski shindig 2K23 kick off the uh, kick off the summer. Yeah, just hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, cold salads, and beer. That's pretty much pretty much uh, every party is basically Memorial Day. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. Um, didn't have to help with the setup, and then like randomly, all like the young kids put everything away. Whoa! So that was pretty cool unheard of do you guys like i turn around and like why it's just like carrying bags of charcoal (laughs) i was like sick (laughs) do you guys have any uh like picnic faux pas or just like stuff that just drives you nuts during these type of events i really hate when everyone uh gets together and they celebrate the uh end of the big e me too better work kyle m and and kendall into the same thing I love watching all those porta potties get dragged out of there. So when you say like, do do you mean like besides the people that are there that are frustrating? Uh, well, I mean you can work. I mean you you can mention people by name, or if you just do like nah, that. nah, nah. <laughs> if you have certain things that people do, you know, it's just uh, it's a good time. All right, it seems like you have some pretty positive things that you are thinking. It's not translating to. Uh... No, it's just you know the the parties are. Hate they the are var- what they are. Food. What was that, Paul? I'm sorry. I hate the variety of food at every like Memorial Day party picnic. Not like the Jankowski ones, just in general. Everyone always tries to. Do, it's like it's just you just need fucking. You just need hamburgers and hot dogs, like a, a pasta salad, like a potato salad, 
and and then like like chips and dip and that's it we don't you don't fucking need like 45 sides you know you don't need fucking 30 desserts but every memorial day picnic is like that every it's just there's just too much food yeah now i'm gonna preface this statement by saying that i i've been a person to not bring something to a, a picnic or a party before. Yeah, we know. All <laughs> right. <laughs> I really appreciate the support I'm getting from here. Um, <laughs> but I, I witnessed this kind of over the weekend. Uh, someone showing up, not like providing anything, and then hauling out like three or four to go trays of stuff. Now, it's one thing to show up with one, like show up with nothing, and then, okay, oh, hey, we got a lot of leftovers. Take a plate. Go ahead, take a plate. But, I mean, there, there comes a point like, okay, hey, you're, you're taking a lot of food here. Why don't you? I, I've seen a guy, um, you know, leave leave the picnic and take the leftover beers. Yeah. That's not cool. Kendall, why would you do that? Because I'm a rat bastard. But you can't. You know, I actually <laughs> I yelled at my cousin for that today. <laughs> Who's leaving? He's like, take, I was like, oh yeah, just take all the beers. That's cool. Be a real dick about it. All I'm saying is, you can't bake a beer. No, but I mean, listen. I just want to mention about the the beer thing. Uh, I, I I do that almost anywhere I can go. So it's not specific to parties. It's just <laughs> like me I've being seen a people rat. People have to take beer out of your pockets. Yeah, it's it's not specific to a Memorial Day party. It's me uh, just being a rat bastard. I, I'll do it anywhere. <laughs> I don't think I really have any Memorial Day full pause that I can like think of. Well, I mean, just like I just use Memorial Day because we just work. We're, we're kind of here now, but just like now. Full disclosure: I don't really know what that means. Just like a like a an out of the norm. Like, hey, I I wouldn't do that. Ah, oh, huh, hmm. I mean, I don't think I have any like regular Memorial Day one. It's just you know, go up, take down as many hot dogs as you can, get out. Well, this topic was trash. I uh, apologize for bringing this up. Oh, just just, do like, it again. Like, a, like a full pause, like, like I'm, I'm like hung up, on like, like it, it's like a a full pause, kind of like like a like it's not. I mean, it, I, I always laugh at the guy that shows up without beer and complains about the beer in the cooler. Right. I mean, that that's that's a thing. It's really looks like it's always good. I don't know if that's a faux pas though, because like it's no, but it's, it's just you know a guy like <laughs> the fuck is this? Oh, you could have brought anything else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had a bad case of the yawns today. Just couldn't get enough oxygen. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Mark. Yeah. No. Uh, I wanted to say to you 
that we had a really good, like, quietly competitive disc golf match today. We did. We did. Fell apart good. right at the end for me there, which was cool. But I say, like, we, we kind of, like, you know, like, I kind of pulled away from you on the front nine, and then you kind of, like, took advantage of mishaps I was making on the back nine, and we went into to two two pretty pivotal holes tied up. It, it, was, it, was, it was a good, like... I didn't really realize that we were that close until, like, you asked me what the scores were, like, on the whole, like, 16. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, we're right there. Yeah. It was one of those days where I feel, I feel like, uh, like, much like much like watching sports and stuff, it's, there's a lot of days where you have, like, where you feel like you're, uh, you feel like the score doesn't reflect how you played. Like there were, I had a couple bad shots today, a couple miscues, but I felt like overall I just played pretty well. But the score didn't really reflect that. Yep. It's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. It, you know what it is? It it it's it's almost makes you like delusional when if you have like a good scramble day when you're scrambling for pars, like on the scorecard, it may not end up looking great. Right. But. You're like, man, I, you know, I, I saved, you know, I had a few good shots, but it's like, well, yeah, what'd you do right before that? <laughs> you know, you almost threw a disc onto the fucking highway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. None of this will matter when we're pros. <laughs> yeah, we have our yachts. <laughs> yeah, two yachts. So run, Tyrod, run, slide. Uh, quick beer reviews. I think this oh snappy went bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so I had... would you give it a zero? Well, I mean, I remember having it at the time, and it was fine. Now, not so. Um, now, not so much. Yeah, that that's fair. Uh, Kendall, how was what you were drinking? I had the uh, little scoop from back east, um, five point four uh, ABV. I guess it's kind of like the, I guess the session of the ice cream man. Would that be correct in in saying? Um, it was good. Uh, I got sort of the notes that like the, the regular ice cream man would have, uh, kind of like the the citrusy type richness, uh, but. I just I think I, I'm just so beloved to the other beer that I I'm kind of like I'm chasing this dragon that I'll, I'll never will get would get again though um, flat four out of five. Uh, Massey, not have a beer, correct? Hey, Bush, how was it? Pretty good. There we go. Man, I thought uh, I was just say bushy. Yeah, uh, I had the Triceratops from Revere Brewing. Um, out of Connecticut, Newtown. Um, it, same. I mean, same. Same basic review as last week. The the hazy New England style IPA, just kind of run of the mill juiciness. Um, the can art is really what sells it for me. I don't remember what I gave it last week, but we'll we'll say a three point eight. Like I, I would drink it again. I mean, I, I you know I'd probably buy it because there's a dinosaur on it, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mock, where can they find us? Find us on Facebook at Getting Sports with Drunk, Twitter, and Instagram at GSWD underscore four. Just hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's, you know, are we going to go there? 
or we are. Like, comment, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And make sure to tune in next week for episode 300. 100, 100. I don't know what we're going to do. Hopefully some, some things are thrown around the group chat for some fun stuff. Maybe a best of. We can relive some old segments that we've never committed to that we liked. If we have everybody in person, maybe we can do the cocktail competition again. Who knows? Ooh. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, New kids on the block. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> Tune in for that. That's but until then, I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mark. Row Waveable Safe. Ha ha ha. Kendall. The Master Chris Massey. And the Red of Red Baron. Mer. Yeah.